Hello and welcome to the Open Cloud Infrastructure Podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Sigman, and today is Sunday, December 31st. And this is episode 16 with these topics. Kubernetes 129 is out, Mandala or Universe. A quick look back at SWA's preparation for the next major disruption and how that turned out. CockroachDB on Kubernetes, a real-life story with city storage and a podcast recommendation. Kubernetes 129 Mandala is out, hard to believe, but here we are at the end of the year and we have a new Kubernetes point release. This time, this thing is big. Lots of so-called CAPS Kubernetes enhancement proposals. As always, the Google Kubernetes podcast has an interview with the release lead, Priyanka Sagu. This release is stuffed full. There are 49 features and changes, specifically 11 new stable enhancements, 20 new alpha features, and 18 new beta features. In other words, this release, codename Mandala, is packed. But with over 400 caps in the pipeline, we're not going to be done anytime soon. So what are the big themes or enhancements worth mentioning? That's of course somewhat subjective, but maybe I'll start with the things that will break if you upgrade. First dimension here is the repo change or the registry change. To host its container images, the Kubernetes project uses a community-owned image registry called registry k8s.io. Starting last March, traffic to the old k8s.gcr.io registry began being redirected to registry.k8s.io. The deprecated k8s.gcr.io registry will eventually be phased out completely. Then there is the removal of in-tree integrations with cloud providers, KEP2395. This is important if you are using a self-managed or self-installed Kubernetes cluster on a hyperscaler like Azure AWS or VMware. Starting with Kubernetes 129, cloud provider integrations are now separate components and no longer in tree. In other words, native cloud provider integrations are no longer a part of the Kubernetes source code tree and are separated out. As part of that change, you need to specifically opt in to continue to use the former native integration. So if you have installed your own Kubernetes cluster and are not using the cloud provider flavor of Kubernetes, and if you are upgrading from a Kubernetes release older than 126, and you are on AWS, Azure, GCE, OpenStack, or vSphere, then you will need to enable the minus minus cloud dash provider equals external flag and follow the advice for installing and running a cloud controller manager for your provider. The reasoning behind this change is as follows. The cloud controller manager is a Kubernetes control plane component that implements their inner workings. By removing the link between Kubernetes and the underlying cloud infrastructure, cloud providers are now able to release features on their own timelines unrelated to the large main Kubernetes project. Which, in my view, really highlights the larger issue, and that is Kubernetes is now so complex and the landscape so ingrained that the complexity in managing the cloud providers' APIs in tree proved to be too much even for the second largest open source project in the world. A more positive spin on this change might be to say that by removing the proprietary cloud providers interfaces, 
we get a more coherent cloud controller manager with less external dependencies. Next up, logging. My personal pet peeve is when logging formats change and things subsequently break due to formatting or parsing issues. This is supposed to be addressed by contextual logging in Kubernetes 129, giving us better troubleshooting and enhanced logging. Contextual logging is based on the Go LOGR API, the Go Logger API. What we can do now is to provide libraries a logger instance and use that for logging instead of accessing a global logger. The Go Logger API is designed around structured logging and you can send additional information to a logger. That's probably all of the enhancements I can squeeze into 12 minutes. You can find the complete list of enhancements on the Kubernetes 1.29 release page. SWA, one year on. I started this podcast exactly one year ago, and SWA at the time happened to have the largest meltdown of any airline on record. Subsequently, not only did they lose the business of passengers looking for more reliable airlines, they also had to pay a hefty settlement amount to the Department of Transportation. According to a SWA press release, Southwest provided more than $600 million in ticket refunds, expense reimbursements, and goodwill gestures, both during and following the disruption. It settled out of court with the Department of Transportation for $140 million. Naturally, the CEO didn't want a repeat of this disaster and created an action plan for 2023 with three major initiatives. One, improving winter operations. Two, enhancing team communication. And three, operational investments. The operation change are certainly of most interest for us, to us, as this was where the breakdown started. So how did SWA do in 2023? A whole lot better, but still... 293 flights canceled on Sunday and 109 on Monday on Christmas weekend. SWA blamed fog in Chicago and passengers mentioned staff shortages as well. Running an airline is expensive, low margin and in general one of the worst businesses to be in. And as again demonstrated by SWA, I feel almost sorry for them. Cockroach on Kubernetes a great article by Charlie Custer was published on the Cockroach blog. I keep coming back to talk about CockroachDB because it's a great database and my own installation experience when I tried it out a few years ago was impressive. Things just worked out of the box, no issues whatsoever. One of Cockroach's clients is City Storage Systems, a global startup in the real estate and food tech space. The company buys distressed real estate all over the world, refreshes it with state-of-the-art industrial kitchen equipment, and provides software and other services to cooks using these facilities to operate takeout or delivery-only food businesses. In short, a full-service rental kitchen. City Storage also provides a SaaS service, Otter, O-T-T-E-R, a restaurant operating system with solutions for everything from order management to analytics. Anything I know that processes orders requires databases that are highly available, and while the team was comfortable with Postgres, they ultimately decided on Cockroach for the majority of OLTP, online transaction processing. There's the old saying about choosing the right database for the job, and that is, 
unless you don't know specifically the data science issue you're running into when using Postgres, you don't need anything but Postgres. But here, we definitely see the cockroach use case. Multi-region, changing cloud providers, scaling up and down, and using Kubernetes operators to extend and connect Cities application, Kubernetes and cockroach. The blog post links to the YouTube video with a lot of implementation details, including the issues and problems the team ran into. It wasn't all easy. Uh, and one of the takeaways for me was that sometimes to make a cluster work, is to shut down all the nodes in a region. Failover and HA in the end is something that application developers need to design with the storage systems in mind. Another interesting thought that's mentioned almost in passing in the presentation is that using this approach, there's no longer a need to have engineers access to keys anymore, a typical security risk in many organizations. Quote, it required storage team engineers to have key material on the laptops, and all of this went away." End quote. And I'll leave you here with the final quote, the network is not always reliable. A podcast recommendation. There are so many great podcasts out there, and I listen to a lot of them, so why not call them out when there's great stuff to listen to? This time I want to recommend something related to the industry, the Stack Overflow podcast. Quote, for more than a dozen years, the Stack Overflow podcast has been exploring what it means to be a developer and how the art and practice of software programming is changing our world. From Rails to React, from Java to Node.js, we host important conversations and fascinating guests that will help you understand how technology is made and where it's headed. Hosted by Ben Popper, Cassidy Williams, and Siora Ford, the Stack Overflow podcast is your home for all things code so they describe themselves. What I like in particular is the production quality. You never get to hear a remote guest speaking into a can connected to a string or anything like that. The hosts are very knowledgeable and fun to listen to. And that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your time and check back in two weeks. Hopefully, I've been a bit occupied recently. For another episode of Open Cloud Infrastructure, if you like this show, recommend it to a friend. Follow me on Mastodon as ssiegman at infosec.exchange. That's S-S-I-E-K-M-A-N-N at infosec.exchange. Or you can e email me at sasha at siegman.com. And the music in this program is licensed from Audio Jungle. Head over to my YouTube channel where you can check out the installation videos and how I set up my lab. Hop on over to YouTube and find me as at OpenCloud Infrastructure. See you soon.